y'all to hear this because this is so important I was just in a time of prayer with the Lord and um, just you know kind of getting a little heavy with what's going on in the world and what's my part and in my heart I saw a door and I saw my hand on the door and I pushed it open, and when I did, I saw Jesus, not his, I could see his outline, but he was, there was just outrains of glory and light coming from him. And I heard him say to my spirit, to my heart, everything I have need of is in me. And just as I stood there, the things that I needed just were coming into my spirit from this outrain from Jesus. But then he said something important. He said, but did you notice that you're the one that had to push open the door? And I believe what he was saying to me in particular, but to all of us. We need to push open the door and go Amen. into this yes, realm yes. that he has created for us. Hallelujah. The realm of the spirit where everything that we have need of is found in him. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to worry. He's our provider. He's the one that's going to take care of us all the way until we hear the shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think a lot of times we have the mentality that if God wants to meet up with us, then he'll just come and meet up with us. But how many know that our, our God is a perfect gentleman? He's not going to do anything that's beyond our will. I know that sounds weird and strange, but it's the truth. But the thing about it is, is when we take a step to him, the Bible says when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. And I was reminded also of that time when the Lord, I said that, and I said, I always envisioned me taking a step to God and God 
taking a step to me. And when I shared at that time, it was like I got this immediate correction in my spirit. He said, that's not right. And he said this, when you take a step to me, I run to you. I run to you. And just sometimes we feel like we don't measure up. We don't have what it takes to be a Christian. Or it seems like no matter how much we pray or how much we're believing, it just seems like the challenges keep building up and the trials keep building up. And, and, and sometimes you just want to throw your hands up and say, what's up? God is saying to you, God is saying to me, press into me. You'll have every answer to every trial, test, tribulation, challenge you will ever face in this world. That's why the Bible says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if we are in Christ, that means we've overcome the world. But I will say this to everybody here right now. If you want more of God, he'll give you more of himself. He'll reveal more of himself to you. I don't know about you, but that right there, that's what my life is all about. He has been so gracious to me over the years, revealing himself to me. And I know this. Hear me now. Glorious days are before us. The likes of which, I don't know where you're at in this, but I know this is my heart. Things I've been believing him for for years. I mean for years. We're going to start to see these things happen. And they're not going to just be happening over there, over there. They're going to be happening right here in this place. God shows up where he's welcome. God shows up where the people are hungry for him to move. They're hungry for him to reveal himself. Who desire greater intimacy with him. Oh, he'll show up. He'll come and he'll meet you where you're at and take you where he has for you to go. Amen? Amen. Our best days are before us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I tell you, that was some good worship. Thank you, worship team. Praise you, Jesus. Um, it's now time to take, oh, before I do that, let me just do this real quick. Um, we have some, well, these two here have been here before, Jim and Judy. Thank you for coming. They come to the buzz all the time, and they know uh, Pastor Joan really well and, and all that good stuff. They know, they see me around here now. They'll yell at me or something, I think. So, <laughs> anyway, but it's good to have you here. And also we have uh, Kelly. Is that, hi, Kelly, how are you? <laughs> good to have you here. I'm not going to embarrass you, make you come up and sing a song or anything. Anyway, it's great to have you here at Celebration of Life Church. If you don't have a church home, welcome home. We're glad you're here. This is a church on the move. This is a church on the go. This is a church that's going up higher in Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, now it's time to take up our tithes and our offerings. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, please slide your hand up. Praise God. Um. Glory to God. Uh, you know, for those who were here last week or if you're watching via live stream, uh, Cammie, Camilla, do you know all the first names are all the way out? Cammie's easier for me to say. Anyway, uh, she came and the Lord laid it upon my heart to take up a love offering for her. She's actually going back to Brazil. We don't know exactly the timing on it. And uh, we took up a love offering for her and I 
took it to her on Saturday, brought it into her, and I said, well, we were able to raise $328.25, and she was just so thrilled and excited about that, and, and then I gave her the check, and she looked at it, and she said, oh, thank you, and I said, are you looking at that check, right? No, it was for a check for $1,328.25. She was so thrilled that this church, in reality, most of you don't even know her, didn't know her. And uh, yet, how many people gave to support her in the work that she's called to do in Brazil? Amen. And she was about, she was moved to tears. She called her mom. Her mom was in tears and everything else. And she said, I've never had anything like that happen before. I, want to, I just want to put it in a frame and put it up on my wall. And I said, that's probably not a good idea unless, of course, you can, what, they, what is it called now? You can do on the, huh? Oh, a direct deposit. Then you can, I guess you can do it that way. But anyway, so thank you for your uh, obedience to bless and, and, and be a blessing in her life. I am convinced that God is going to use this young girl, call her a girl, young woman, Anyway, that uh, in a great way for the kingdom of God. And you may not ever be able to go to Brazil. I know my wife wants to go over there. She said, and we're believing for you to go. And I said, you better be right. Because right now my flesh would say, uh-uh. I flew to Israel 15 hours on a plane. Guy my size, it just doesn't work very well at all. Now, they did have first class. First class, they didn't just have nice seats. They could literally fall and they bend all the way down and you could sleep. I got one of them tickets now. I might go. But anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. But listen, we are a church that practices what we preach. I don't just tell you to give. We give. But more importantly, we give into ministries that are spreading the gospel message throughout the world. We, we give. We support a ministry. Rick Renner Ministries was right in the heart of Moscow and has churches in, in Ukraine. Are you hearing me? So we are a church that supports uh, uh, ministries here, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, Canaan Land Ministries, uh, Jerry Savelle Ministries, and those ministries take the gospel all over the world. And so I say that for a reason. I say that because I am convinced when we get to heaven, people will come up to you that you'll have no clue who they are, and they're going to look at you and say, thank you. Thank you for giving to the Lord. How many remember that old song? could sing it for you, but you probably would not want me to. But anyway, it's just, it, see, this is my heart. This is what, this is, this is what celebration of life is all about. Our motto, or whatever you want to say, it is blessed to be a blessing. And it's not just in the area of finances, although that plays a big part of it. It's in all areas. How many know that when you lay hands on someone to be healed, and they get healed, that that's a great blessing for them? See how I'm saying that? God needs us to step into the role that he's placed us in for such a time as this. And right now, I believe as you give faithfully to this church and to this ministry, we're going to take those tithes. In fact, uh, not this week. I'm not going to give you guys any time on it. Soon, <laughs> soon I'm going to share with you how much our outflow is and how much our inflow has been. Okay? And I want you to show how miraculous God is. And all of this stuff. Because sometimes it just doesn't compute in my head how it's working out. But God is faithful. I said God is faithful. We do our part. He's always faithful to do his part. Amen?
Glory to God. Well, hold your offerings up and let's pray. Father, thank you right now for this opportunity to bring our tithes and our offerings into this local storehouse. We firmly believe as we do so that you're opening the windows of heaven. You're pouring out so much blessing upon us that there's not enough room to contain it all. We firmly believe, Father God, your heart's desire for us is to be blessed. You want us blessed to be a blessing. Glory to God, we expect to live our lives that way, knowing as we sow the seed, great harvest is coming. We call it in in Jesus' name. We bind you, Satan, off of the finances of these people, off of my family and me, and off of this church. We just uh, loose the ministering spirits in the name of Jesus and cause that harvest to come. We love you so much, dear God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right, children, you got my daughter teaching you today. Hey, Emmy, tell, blow kisses to everybody. Hey, Emmy, blow a kiss. I know it's hard with Uncle John right there to do that, but all those people. Children are dismissed to go. Wow. There you go. said that you that said you got here. Anyway, glory to God. How many are ready for the word this morning? How many believe I'm going to be able to get into the word this morning? You know, one of the things, and I think I've said this to you over and over, but I'll keep saying it, it's not my heart to get up here and share what I want to share. My heart is to get up here and share what he wants to share. If that means going away from the notes, then I'm going to go away from the notes. But I have prepared, in fact, this is three weeks in the making. Get this kicking off. And I was talking with Kelby, and I said, you know, I already have the message printed out two weeks ago, actually. And I was going back over it, and the Lord said, I want you to go back to the computer, which I did. And he changed some things up, and he added some more stuff. So I went from just a few pages to a whole lot of pages. And I don't want to hear anything from anybody, Kelby. Anyway... <laughs> um, Go with me this morning to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, and we'll pray, and we'll get into this. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just commit our time to you once again. We just believe that your will shall be done in this place today. I thank you for the anointing upon my life to preach your word. I thank you for the anointing upon the eyes and ears of these people to hear it and receive it, and then step out in faith on it. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord. Your will is being done in this place today. Praise and glory for everything that's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. But we're going to continue this morning on our teaching on the God who is more than enough. If you haven't been here for any of the teachings and or this is your first time or maybe you've missed some of the different uh, teachings, you can listen to those. Uh, they're on Facebook, I believe. What, is that? They're also on YouTube. And, but anyway, um, go back and listen to them. I think you'll be greatly blessed. I think that 
too many people have a false perception of our God. They don't know who God really is. And I said this from the very beginning of this study. God will be to you who you know him to be. If you know him as your Savior and that's all you know him, know him as, he'll be your Savior. And that's a good thing, amen? Savior from hell to heaven is a, we'll be shouting about that throughout eternity. But the point I'm trying to make is, one of the names of God is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. And one of the meanings of that word is the God who is more than enough. In other words, God's will for you and for me is to live in a land called more than enough. He wants us to have more than enough in our lives. I want to say it again. I want you to catch this. God's will for you is for you to live in the land of more than enough. Why is that? Because God wants us to be a blessing. I said God wants us to be a blessing. And you cannot be a blessing unless you're first blessed. Did you hear me? And I know from when I was younger, I mean, when we were just starting out in things and living for, start living for God, we weren't able to do a whole lot where our giving was concerned. Now, we always tithe. We've been tithers from the get-go. But we weren't able to sow a lot of seed. But then as we began to progress in this and came to understand it more clearly and we began to step out in faith and we began to sow more, glory to God, we found out that it works. I said it works. The word works. We sow the seed, we expect to reap the harvest, and we would reap the harvest, sometimes more quickly than other times. But the bottom line is God is faithful to do his part. And if it's his will for us, the God who is more than enough, his will for us is to live in the land of more than enough, then glory to God, I'm going to step into that. I'm going to receive that. I'm going to expect to be living that kind of a lifestyle. Amen. And, and, and now get this. Now this is important. I made this statement. Even though I believe it's God's will for us, does not mean it's going to happen in your life. You have to receive it with your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. And this is where a whole lot of Christians miss it in their walk with God. They don't comprehend and understand how to appropriate the blessings of God into their lives with their faith. Are you hearing me? Uh, we looked at this scripture here. Ephesians 1.3 tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Again, notice that's past tense, isn't it? It's already done. He has blessed us. With what? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That means every spiritual blessing, whether healing, deliverance, prosperity, divine protection, wisdom, guidance, and so forth, all of those things already belong to you and me. Did you hear what I just said? But just because they belong to you, they're legally yours in the sight of God and in the highest court of the universe. They're yours. Does not mean you're going to experience it in your life. There is the legal side and there's the experiential side. How many people know that everybody walking the face of this earth right now, everybody, salvation is legally theirs? Did you know that? But how many people, I, I shared that statistic. I believe it was over 100,000 people every day step off into eternity not knowing Jesus as their, their Savior. It's not that it wasn't, it's not available to them. It's not that it's not legally theirs. 
it's because they've never stepped out in faith and appropriated their salvation into their lives with their faith. Do you see that? It's not something that is difficult to do. And that's why I believe God has me sharing with you right now about how to operate in faith, how to live by faith. How many understand the word live means not just dabbling in it? Living in it means every day. And I, 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 I just, can I just throw this out to kind of maybe give you a little peace of mind, so to speak? This is kind of uh, jerking the slack out of my own life. I endeavor to spend every day praying to him. Throughout my day, I'm talking to the Lord. I endeavor to read books and study and things like that. But I want to get better at living by faith. Do you understand how I'm saying that? See, a lot of times we think we can handle it in and of ourselves. And that's true. You can uh, handle things in and of yourself, but you can only go as high as your mental acuity can take you. Are you listening? You see that big word there with mental acuity? Oh, glory to God. I'm from Texas too. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise the Lord. <laughs> anyway, but it, listen, God wants us to go beyond ourselves. God doesn't want us to just do it in, uh, according to natural means. God has given us a way to do things, now get this, supernatural. Beyond the natural. And, 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 and so, and I, it's available for us to do things supernaturally every single day of our life. Living by Now, if you were here, I guess it's been three weeks ago now, I've already done some teaching on this. And again, I would strongly recommend that you go back and look at that, especially the example God gave me about how do we appropriate the things from the spirit realm into this natural realm. But I want you to uh, hear, in, uh, I think I told you already, turn to Hebrews 11, verse 1. I want to share a couple more of these scriptures. I shared a bunch of them back then. But verse 1 says, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the evidence of things not seen. The Amplified says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. I like that. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Glory to God. So listen to this. The Greek word for faith is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. Don't know if it sounds, that's how you say it. It looks like it, so I said it that way. And it means this. Now get this. Conviction, confidence, trust, belief, reliance, trustworthiness, and persuasion. In the New Testament, this word is the divinely implanted principle of inward confidence, assurance, trust, and reliance in God and in all that he says. Did you get that? A person operating in real Bible faith is a person that is firmly persuaded that God will always do what he says he will do. 
In other words, a person operating in real Bible faith knows that God is always faithful to do his part. If we do our part, God is faithful. Faithful. Did you hear what I just said? God is faithful. You do not understand how many times in my life that has got me through situations just reminding myself of his faithfulness. My God is faithful. My God is faithful. My God is faithful. He will always do exactly what he said he would do in his word. I could just say, you are dismissed. You could go home and be tremendously blessed by that statement right there. Amen. My God is faithful. Glory to God. He always does what he says he will do. Now, listen to this. How many want to get results every single day? Is that even possible? How many would like to get results every single time you step out in faith. I want to see a show of hands. Okay, let me just throw this out there. I'm going to make it a little bit easier for those, and maybe some of you have some extra boldness to do it. How many don't care? I, I don't care. I hit the mark every now and then, and I don't get it most of the time. I don't care. How many don't really care if you get your answers to your prayers? Anybody? Anybody say, that's me? Good to know that nobody's going to raise their hand on that one. Listen. In order for that to happen, in order for you to get results every single time, you not only need to know what the Bible says, what it's written in the Bible. How many know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? You've got to get the word in you. But you also have to know of his faithfulness. You have to remind yourself of his faithfulness. It is something, now, I don't have the time. I'm not doing it. Maybe I'll do it next week. But it is something that is talked about uh, in a greater way, uh, about holding on to your faith in a greater way, talking about the faithfulness of God, than just being in faith. Did you hear what I just said? You have got to learn to remind yourself of his faithfulness. Just the fact that he saved you. How many believe you're saved? How many Christians are in this room? Do you believe you're saved? Or do you think you're still uh, 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 earning your salvation? It, does it belong to you and me? How do you know you're saved? How, how do you know that? Did you feel different? You know, sometimes people say, well, I just feel so much better. I feel so much better. You know, a lot of times the people who are more based upon their feelings are the ones that end up falling away the most. Because they don't have a true understanding of what faith is. They get caught up in the feeling side of it. And then when they don't have the feelings anymore, they think they're lost. They're going straight to hell now. But that has nothing to do with it, does it? Faith is not based upon feelings. Faith is based upon the word of God. And when you know what the word says and you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, a shadow of a doubt, shadow of a doubt. Did I say it right the first time? I believe it that I am saved. When I said that, I was saved. Amen. I know it. It wasn't because anything changed uh, 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 as far as feelings are concerned. But I knew that God is faithful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Go with me. Uh, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, here we go. This is what so we need to know not only about, get, we need to get the word in us. We need to recall his faithfulness. When we deal with others, talking about human beings now. We deal with others. I want you to listen. 
What's the most important rule of how you're going to respond to that person? What that person says and who that person is. Their reliability. Their character. I mean, let me ask you this for those parents. Would you let your child go hang out with somebody who just got out of prison and has had all kinds of run-ins with the law just because that person says it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. How many of you would let your child go hang out with a person like that? So if our response to people is more dependent on their character than on what they say, get this, why do we assume that a person is going to respond to the promises of God without any knowledge of the faithfulness and the reliability of the one who said those words? So yes, my friends, we need to keep the word of God going in our eye gates. We need to keep the word of God going in our ear gates. We need to keep the word before us constantly. We need to spend quality time studying it. We need to be spending quality time meditating it. We need to be spending quality time confessing it. Amen. We've got to get the word in us to the point that it's no longer head knowledge, but it becomes heart knowledge. The Holy Spirit is revealing it to our hearts. But then we need to remind ourselves of God's listening to me this morning. This is going to help you so greatly in your walk of faith. Hallelujah. I mean, when you combine those two things together, keeping the word before you, getting the word in your heart, releasing your faith out of your mouth, and then reminding yourself of his faithfulness, are you ready to hear what I'm going to say now? You'll get results that you never expected. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? Getting results every single time. I guarantee you the majority of churches this day would think that that's okay. I went into them, to their churches, and I preached something like this. A lot of them are start throwing their Bibles at me. You can't say things like that. You can't. How are you going to make God do that for you? How, how, how can you not? How do you know that God's not going to say no to you? We'll get to that in just a moment as well. But I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of myself and say it anyway. Because all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are no. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where he has said no. It's not in there. I don't need to go. I, <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to Hebrews 11, 11. This is what the Lord was saying. Because this right here is another thing that I think is very interesting in the Old Testament. Speaking of Sarah, listen to this. Hebrews 11, 11 says this. The importance of recalling God's faithfulness in order to receive or to believe in God is this. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. How old was Sarah when she had her baby boy? How old? How many 90-year-old ladies do you know walking around having babies? Could you imagine that? My wife isn't even close to that age. And if, she, if she ever came home and said, I'm pregnant, 
I'd say, well, you probably are with vision because <laughs> it ain't going to happen any other way. But she's not even close to being right. And I'm not trying to speak this bad as a negative thing toward my wife. I'm just trying to let you know the vast majority of people on this planet, speaking of women now, not men don't have babies. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that you have to even say something like that? Men can't have babies. Men have the fun part. Well, I'm not trying to be mean or rude or anything, but it is God created us this way. But imagine Sarah. Sarah had never had a child up to this point. Never had strength to conceive. But the Bible says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. What does that mean? In accordance with the word of God. She heard the word of the Lord. She received it. And it took her some time now. First time she heard it, she laughed. And it wasn't a laugh of joy. It was a laugh of derision. You're listening. But see, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had God had come to them, her and Abram, turned into Abraham. Her name went from Sarai to Sarah. He had proved himself over the years. Over the years. He spoke to them different things. Everything he spoke to them came to pass. So I'm sure those two, her and Abraham, were sitting around one day. And they began to talk. And they began to share with one another. You know, El Shaddai has always come remember all the times? Remember he said this and it, it, it happened? You remember he told you to do this and you did it and you got blessed? You remember? And they just started re talking about his faithfulness. Now, I believe as they're sitting around the fire, all of a sudden she starts to get a little, I don't know, she's looking at Abraham like she ain't looked at Abraham in a long time. And she's like, going, Whoa, I'm gonna, the next thing you know they're going in the tent and she gets impregnated. She received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child. When she was past the age, all of a sudden, judging him faithful. Judging him faithful. Are you hearing me? Oh, thank you, Lord. We've got to put, we've got to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness all the time. When you first step out in faith, remind yourself of his faithfulness. While you're waiting for it to manifest in his natural realm, remind yourself of his faithfulness. Right before you see it coming around the corner, remind yourself of his faithfulness. And when it comes in, whoo, glory to God, keep on reminding yourself of his faithfulness. And then the next time you step out in faith, which again, we're supposed to be living by faith. The next time you step out in faith, you just keep on reminding yourself of his faithfulness. Whoo, my God is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Now, based off of all that we talked about a few weeks ago about faith, and what I've shared with you so far this morning, let me ask you a question. Is it even possible to have a faith village? Is it even possible to have a faith village? No. Not if you're operating in true Bible faith. Did you know that the Bible talks about unfeigned faith and feigned faith? You know what feigned means? It's not a word a lot of people use. The Bible says we're supposed to have unfeigned faith, not fake faith. 
is it, how do we have not fake faith? It has to be based upon the Bible. What does the Bible say? It has to be based upon what does the word say. You have to get this word in you. Do you understand that this Bible is spiritual sustenance to you, to your spirit? You are a spirit. You need the Bible. You need to eat it. Now get this on a daily basis. I have found when I go back and I, I've been reading through the New Testament again this year, I do it every year. I, I don't know how many years I've done it now. I keep reading through the New Testament. And every time I read through the New Testament, I get more excited because God keeps on showing himself. He keeps on revealing himself to me. He keeps showing me how to live my faith. He keeps encouraging me. He keeps lifting me up. Glory to God. That, my, that, that word gets into my spirit, strengthens my spirit, and that word renews my mind so that my thinking becomes like his thinking. And then, glory to God, I get to the place where living by faith isn't a struggle at all. Living by faith is just something I do because that's who I am. I am a believer. I believe what the word says. Woo, thank you, Jesus. If you're operating in true Bible faith, you're not going to have a faith failure. Again, as we just read, blessed uh, Jesus has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Plus, as I just mentioned in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And the Bible also says, oh, I love this scripture. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence is a faith word. Is a faith word. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, everybody say anything. According to his will, he hears us. Did you just hear what I just said? If I ask God for anything according to his will, where do I find the will of God? Right here. Right here. The Bible is the is his will. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. Woo! Now get this. And if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We know, we know. Again, that's a faith word. We know, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Does it seem like right there that there's some wiggle room that where sometimes God will say no to us? Doesn't seem like that to me, not even a little bit. This is the confidence that if I ask God anything according to his will, he hears me. And if he, I know he hears me, I am confident. I know that my God's going to give me the things I'm asking of him. That doesn't that do something for you? Glory to God. And a person, see what ends up happening, and, and I ain't going to stand here and tell you what my testimony as a pastor is, but a pastor got on me one time because I believed in living by faith. He didn't say it like that, but he said, I can't say that it is God's will to heal all because there are a whole lot of people who pray to be healed and don't get healed. What is faith based upon? Is it based upon the experiences of others or is it based upon the word of God, God's will? And, and, and basically what it came across from this minister to me 
was I was being cruel because some people didn't receive it. And what I was basically saying is they didn't have the faith to receive it, so they didn't have what it took to be a Christian or something along those lines. That's not true at all. I said, that's not true at all. My heart is for, for every Christian I run into, everybody I have the opportunity to share these things with, that they go to the Bible and see what the Bible says. Do you know that God cannot lie? It's impossible for God to lie. Do you know that if God lied one time, everything would be poof, gone? Because the world is upheld by the word of his power. Did you hear me? It's impossible for God to lie. So if God said it, that settles it. Now we have a choice. Are you going to step out and believe what God said? Or are you going to step out and believe the experiences of others? Again, I'm not trying to be rude or mean when I say something like that. Because my heart is, and I, don't get me wrong, I've actually prayed for people and they died. I have learned this during my walk with God. I pray for people. I'm doing it in accordance with God's word. Is the Messiah going to come back today? Now, I do my part. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. When I pray for you, I'm just not throwing up a shotgun prayer, hoping it hits tomorrow. I, sh I pray in faith. I do it because the Bible tells me to do it. And if the results don't come the way uh, I'm believing God for, then if I'm in error, I trust God to correct me. But I guarantee you, the majority of the time is because those people were in error. And again, I'm not trying to slam them for that. What do you do? What did Jesus do in his own hometown? They did, receive, they did not receive Jesus in his own hometown. They probably were ridiculing Jesus came back preaching the good news. And he could only do a few minor healings while he was there. Couldn't heal maybe a couple hangnails or a headache. Did he throw up his hands and say, y'all bunch of heathens, and just turn around and walk away? No. The Bible tells us that he went about teaching. He began to teach them. What does the Bible say? That's what we got to learn to do with people. Teach them what does the Bible say. It's... This Bible has got to become the anchor of your soul. Right here, the B-I-B-L-E. Every one of your Bibles, and I'm not saying this to boast about myself. I'll say that right up before I say it. Your Bibles ought to look like this Bible. You know, a lot of people don't read these Bibles. They've got their little computers and things like that and so forth. Or they don't bring Bibles at all. <laughs> he said, don't touch me. My nephew and my son. Hallelujah. This has got to be something special to you. God promises. You ever heard somebody say, I, I never did that? I never heard that. You know what I say to that person? Open up. I want you to read this. Just read a few verses. God just spoke to you. These are his words. This is God speaking to us. If we will receive it as it's being given out and understand what's being said, how many of you got the Holy Ghost living in you too? He's our teacher. I enter the word reverently 
and I enter the word expectantly, believing that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal things to me, even if I've read a particular scripture, now get this, hundreds if not thousands of times. I'm going to maintain a teachable spirit. I, 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 I'm convinced that you, that's staying humble right there. Because otherwise you get to the place that you'll, you'll, start, you'll hear people say this. I've already heard that. Oh, I wish he'd preach that sermon different. I already heard that. That's Brother Hagin, Timothy Hagin, got that all the time. He would preach on faith, and he would preach on love, and he would, you know, being led by the Spirit was one he taught on, but it was just not a whole bunch of different things that he taught on. But Jesus had commissioned him to go teach my people faith. He was simply obeying what God had told him to do. And he used to say this to people who got upset with him about seemingly saying or preaching the same message over and over again. He said, I wouldn't have to if you could get it. That's truth, isn't it? I, you know, I think the thing is, too many... I think a lot of times people have gone, no, y'all can take it. <laughs> Too many people have gotten to be had a couple things like that. Let me come back to that. Um, Too many people have allowed themselves to get to the place they are so sweet. Oops, man. Um, oh, I'm going to strike it right there. But anyway, Pastor Rick Sharkey, he, I preached this one time. But anyway, um, he said this. heard that. You've gone over two or three years. Uh, you need to put your big foot down. Some of you women need to put your big woman foot down. You understand what I'm saying? This, it's not, when God brings correction, it's not to uh, uh, be mean or be cruel. He brings correction so that we get pointed in the right direction. And then when we follow that leading of the Lord, and we go in the right direction, we'll end up at the right place at the right time, right where the blessings will be falling all over. But you've got to be able to receive the correction. How many like to get spanked by your daddy when you were growing up? I was the child, the middle child, who got more spankings than anybody else in my family. It was so funny because my, my dad was the discipline. One time I, I decided I, real stupidly to run away from home. And uh, it was with this neighbor. Fine, but we decided we we're going to run away. Well, we ran away until we got home. And so then we came back home. And when I got back home, uh, my mom was waiting. Woke him right up. And normally it's like, you're going to get it when daddy gets home. You're going to get it when daddy gets home. No, not this time. She grabbed me by the ear. Of all those people, and she took me into the garage. Now, my mom never took me into the garage before, and she grabbed a two by four. Now, it wasn't a big two by four, I mean, long one, lengthwise, but it was 
and she kind of went to town on this boy. Mommy, what are you doing? You love me. She was disciplining him because of her love. Guess what happened when daddy got home? Oh, I'm so thankful. I'll say this to parents that have children that are not disciplined. You don't discipline your children to the point because of your love. If you're angry, you've got to take a few minutes before you do anything. Because, see, a child needs to know that you love them. That you need to be going all out of your way to be there to them, to love on them, to get on the ground and play with them. But then you've got to also show them love by disciplining them when they step out of line. I mean, no, that's true. Oh, you know, the, what does it say about uh, uh, for the rod is for the child? <laughs> supposed to be one with his girlfriend. You're supposed to be able to give it to him. But what, what does it talk about in, in, in anyway? The point I'm trying to get across is God gave us what children need. I, boy, I talked about sex today, and I'm talking about butts and but you know what? It's, you don't say, why do you think you got so much pushback? It's not just because we're getting sitting down. Because God wants us to get disciplined on the backside. You know what's wrong with a bunch of schools today? They no longer have discipline in the schools. Well, we're going to put you in a corner. They don't even know how to do that anymore, are they? What do they got to do? They just look at you and go, oh, I don't want to do that. No, they can't do that either. Well, you just go on with your bad self. You just do what you want to do. Yeah, go ahead and do it, do it, do it. What is up with this? What is wrong with our society? Why don't we go back to the Bible and do it God's way? Amen. We need to have discipline in our children's lives. We need to have discipline in our lives. But God corrects us and brings discipline to us for a reason. He is positioning us to receive more from him and to do more for him. Amen. Why am I talking about discipline anyway? Doing good though, right? We're talking, oh, okay, here we go. I'll close it up. Just give me a few minutes. Hallelujah. True Bible faith always gets results. Everybody say always. Hallelujah. So then how do we explain why so many people seem to experience these so-called faith failures? Friends, it's because these folks were never in faith to begin with. They were either in foolishness or presumption but not real Bible faith. In other words, they assumed God would do something for them just because they saw or heard about God doing something for somebody else. Now, it's true God doesn't play favorites. In fact, we're going to have more testimony. People getting up and telling about what God did for them, what God did through them. Testimonies are awesome. How many know testimonies are there to encourage you in your faith? They're not to give you Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But when, 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 when you have something happen in your life, why do I, what do you think I share about what we did with, with Candace? I'm trying to encourage you in your faith. I'm trying to get you excited. Glory to God, this is a church that practices what it's preaching. I mean, why did I get so excited when we gave over $20,000 to a missionary? That blessed me. We practice what we preach in this church. Glory to God. 
Woo! Get off on this stuff. Well, where am I now? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But just because God did it for someone else doesn't mean he'll automatic, that you'll automatically have the faith. You need to receive that thing into your life. Again, faith comes by hearing. That's the only way that faith Testimonies will encourage us, lift us up, amen? But if you don't have the word in you and you don't know if it's God's will for you to have it, it's not possible to step out in faith because faith only begins where the word of God is known. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. Faith only begins where the will of God is known. Faith only begins where the will of God is known. Look at Hebrews eleven twenty nine in closing, I think. This is an excellent example of people presuming to do something that they saw others do. Okay? And I'm going to read it from the New Living, uh, New Living Translation just for time's sake. It was by faith. Now, why is this upsetting me? You know, through, uh, the, the, I just got the reading to you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. What does that mean? It means they heard from God. And they stepped out in, in obedience to what God had said to them. Does everybody see that? Understand that. So by faith, um, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, get this, they were all drowned. So here we have Moses and the children of Israel standing at the Red Sea. Red Sea. All of a sudden, barreling down on them is the Egyptian army. So they have nowhere to go. I'm sure a bunch of them started to panic. But Moses had a word from the Lord to stretch out his rod over that Red Sea. And when he stretched out his rod over that Red Sea, it split. And now, it's so funny to me. They try to, try to figure this out and they try to give reason to it. Well, it must have been only ankle deep. That's the reason they could go across. It was just ankle deep. Well, then there's the biggest miracle is that the Egyptian army all drowned in ankle deep water. So Moses obeyed the Lord. He did what he did by faith. How many have ever seen the Prince of Egypt? And I tell you what, I, I, I don't know. I can't say thus said the Lord that that's an exact replication of what happened, but it's very, very good. And that thing split open. You can see the pieces. I, I would have been happy. I've been reading, wow, there's my dinner for tonight, and glory to God. Anyway, they go across, and, 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 and the other thing that most people don't comprehend and understand, if the ground had not dried up, they would have had all kinds of issues getting across that Red Sea. But the ground dried up. It went across on dry land. And so here come the Egyptians, and they saw what the Israelis, you know, the children of Israel did. And they said, hey. We're going to get them now. We're going to go across this Red Sea. If they could do it, we can do it. They stepped out, started to go across, the waters came down. Nobody said anything. They presumed to do something based upon what God had done for the others. They were acting in foolishness and presumption. What kind of results did they get? It cost them their life. Are you hearing me? You see that. Oh, thank you, friends. So is it possible, and I'm going to stop here. Is it possible for us to step out in faith, real Bible faith, unfeigned faith, 
end up in a faith failure. It's not possible, guys. If you're in real, genuine faith, and again, I'm going to get into a whole bunch more here. I got a bunch of other things I want to share. I want this church to be a church that lives by faith. Every one of you living by faith. What does the Bible say? How many want God to speak to you? I mean, I mean literally. How many want? I, 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 she'll say some things to me, and I know for a lot of people, you know, she, she gets up here and she says, you know, Jesus spoke to me. And they, they think that she's saying something audibly. And that's just not the case. God will speak to us where? In our hearts. That's where the Spirit of God is. In us. But glory to God, I expect to hear from God. And again, a lot of, a lot of people, they go, what's wrong with you? you are, I'm a child of God. Have you ever gone up to speak to your daddy, your natural daddy? And were you able to understand when he spoke to you? How much more should that be true for our heavenly daddy? I mean, the Holy Spirit is in us. I expect to hear from him. I said, I expect to hear from him. And when I step out in faith, it's not based upon the testimonies of others. It's not based on anything else. But what does the Bible say? Once I get that word in me, and once it gets down in me, a confidence rises up in me to step out, take God at his word, and believe him, and believe that I receive what I'm asking for and believing him. Hallelujah. This is so important. Is everybody on the same page with me? I know some of you might have questions and everything about faith, and that's fine. I will endeavor to answer those questions over the next few weeks. Because I want a bunch of faith-filled people in here. I Listen, the only way we're going to live in the land of more than enough, even though I firmly believe that it is God's will for us, as we look at the scriptures, went all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, showing you scriptures about how our God is the God who is more than enough. It's not going to happen in your life unless you appropriate it into your life Listen, that is not something that you can do. All we're doing is simply choosing to believe what God says. Amen? It's your choice. You can either believe what God said, choose to believe that, or you can believe, not believe what God said and choose to believe that. And, and, and don't get me wrong. There are going to be all kinds of people out there that are going to come and hit you with traditions of men. Questions like I was talking about earlier. No, that can't. God sometimes says that. But you don't know. I mean, you don't know how many times I've heard that. And I just look at them and say, that's not what it says. A real genuine faith is based upon God's word. Thus, I know that that's his will. Thus, I know when I pray according to his will, I know that he heals me. And I mean, he heals me. But I know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, I know I have the thing of asking. And there is nobody I believe it. Do you believe God has something for you? Do you believe God wants you living in the land of more than enough? It is a journey, guys. I've said this to you over and over. It's a journey. You may not be there right now, but you're heading that direction. And you might get there a whole lot quicker than we ended up getting there. And I know that where we're at right now, it's nowhere near where we're going to be. Because, see, we are able to raise, what was that, almost over 
$11,000 for Irene to get a new car. See, I want to get to the place in my, our lives where people say, you know, they come up and they, or we hear about it, find out about somebody in need of a vehicle, and, and, and we just say, well, what kind of vehicle are they believing for? Can they tell us what kind of vehicle it is? Going to the car. Say, hey, hey, I, will you meet me at billion dollar or whatever? I don't know all these different ones. Different ones, wrestlers, stuff like that. Meet me at wrestlers. Give me a second before I got other ones. Just meet me there. We go there. We say, go ahead, pick me out a car. God can do something like that. Just trust me. I'm telling you. Then be used by God to bless others. God has given us, I believe this is one of the biggest challenges in life in, 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 in um, Christendom because of all the religious junk, traditions of man that have kept us from living of more I am convinced I know God wants us to live more it is not so that we hoard it up do you understand that if we're doing this for selfish means then we do not line up with the will of God but if we do it for one reason Lord you want me blessed that's what I'm doing doesn't that just get you excited I guarantee you the person who wrote, one, one person wrote a check for $20,000 to that ministry. Oh, I'm going to do that. But I guarantee you if we got that person to come testify, that person would say that was probably one of the most thrilling things I've ever done. Most exciting things I've ever done. See, that's my heart. And that's what this church is all about. God so loved the world that he gave. I'm a child of God because of what he gave. Now my heart is I want to operate in his love to be the greatest blessing I can possibly be to those around me. Whether family, friends, strangers, I don't care. I, when I go into Walmart, I mean, I, I got you a bitch, she knows it's true. Costco, I'm a conqueror, man. I'm going around with my stuff. I got my list. I know where everything's at because I go all the time and I'm running and getting it done and everything else, but sometimes I need to slow down. I see, God could have me on an assignment, and I don't want to miss it. I've gone in, I, I, I start to check out, and I look around, and I'm looking at these people. Am I supposed to buy their groceries? We've done it before. I've done it before. I, I had a couple hundred dollar bills in my pocket, and it was at Walmart, and these two elderly ladies were behind me, and they put their stuff on the cart, and I got my stuff down, and I stepped back, and I handed out They were taken aback. They never had anybody do something like that. Do you not think that they were blessed? And, 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 and listen, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I'm the one that got the blessing. Hallelujah. God wants us to live like that. Amen? Oh, I want it. I want it for everyone in this room. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're going to, I said this earlier, and I don't know, I'm not going to try to 
to share with you where we're at financially. And um, according to the books, it's beyond, it's, it has to be gone. I'm in the hands of you. I trust you, Lord. I don't know. I don't have, I can't lean to my own understanding because my own understanding doesn't compute. doesn't make sense. I trust you, Lord. But you've always come through. We're going to keep on giving. And we're going to keep on being a blessing. And we know you're going to come through. share those things. Why? Because I want us to get into faith. As a church body, release our faith for God to bless us beyond just taking care of where what we need into a place of having more than enough. Then when something comes up, like what happened over in Russia, and Rick Renner comes out and says, send me $60. I put, we're putting meals together for 10 days worth of meals, and blankets, and other kind of toiletries, and, 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 and a Bible, and a 91st Psalm and, and, and all this stuff, then when something like that happens, praise God. Step on the power of the Thank you, Jesus. Living in the land of more than enough. It's only going to happen appropriated into our lives with faith. Does everybody get that? Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Those who don't know, this is Shiloh. She has many children. <laughs> so this week, um, I had a friend who texted our group chat, me and like four other people, and she was frantic. Somebody had given her son some gluten brownies, three gluten brownies, and her son has a severe gluten intolerance. And she was terrified and she's like, oh my gosh, why would somebody do that? They snuck her little boy these brownies without even asking for them. And it typically takes him like weeks to months to resolve his uh, symptoms when he eats gluten. And so she's frantically texting us like, oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody would do this. I'm living, I'm terrified, I'm gonna, I don't know what to do. And so we just started all praying together, and we just stopped what we were doing. And we all just said, okay, let's just pray over him right now. And we were texting each other back and forth. And, and as we started texting, um, she said, like, his cheeks had already started turning red. And um, she was watching for other symptoms. But she was so terrified that she couldn't, couldn't really figure out, like, what to do. She was too frantic. So we were all just praying over her, praying over the boy for hours. And that evening we said, well, what's come of it? What's happened? And she goes, well, the redness in his cheeks is going down, but I'm still just so scared. I guess that we'll just try to figure out what happens tomorrow. So the next day, which was yesterday, we texted her. We said, we're all still praying fervently for your little boy. How's he doing? She goes, well, he's still sleeping because we were so up all night long trying to figure out what to do he's still asleep but she said I went and checked on him the redness is gone in his cheeks I guess we'll we'll kind of figure out how he is when he wakes up so we woke up earlier we woke up later yesterday and she said he has no symptoms whatsoever his the redness in his cheeks went away his throat was fine he was acting perfectly normal he was totally completely healed and delivered and set free and 
she was at peace. The whole family was at peace, and God completely healed him totally of any kind of gluten at all in his whole body. It was phenomenal. And then we were at a at a friend's party yesterday, and this is not my testimony, but it's my friend's, and I just thought it was too amazing not to share with everybody. Um, so we have a really good friend who is a first responder. You know who I'm talking about. And uh, so he loves to share his testimonies because he's spirit-filled, and he goes, you know, on all his stops, he's always praying over people and stuff. And so he shared the testimony with us last night that he had, a couple years ago, gotten a call that uh, a semi-truck was parked in the middle of the road. Some guy had come up and seen the semi in the middle of the road. He's like, what's going on? And it was the middle of the night. So the guy gets out of his car, comes around to see why the semi's in the, in the road, and the driver had uh, passed out on the road. And so the guy checks his pulse, no pulse, uh, checks his temperature. The guy was just totally cold, like dead, dead, dead as a doornail, dead. He dead, dead, not just a little bit dead. And then he looks over on the side of the road, and there's a dead moose with a, with a baby, with a calf. And so he was like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the semi hit the moose, got out to check, and then had a heart attack and died or something, because the moose obviously hadn't, like, attacked the guy or anything. He was just out cold. So our friend got the call. He's like, well, shoot, that's like an hour away. So he starts driving, and he's praying in tongues, and he's praying for the blood to go back into this guy's heart, and he's just speaking life into this guy, and speaking life, he had no idea where this place was. He said the driver of the car didn't even have a mile marker to give him. He just said, like, in a general vicinity, and this was out in the boondocks, past um, Big Sky, between Big Sky and Idaho. That's all he knew, somewhere between Big Sky and Idaho. That's literally what he was told. So he's driving for like two hours, going back and forth in circles, praying in tongues, speaking life into this guy. Couldn't find him anywhere. So he went home, or he went back, filed his paperwork, went home, called the driver of the other car and said, you know, this is officer so-and-so. I need to get your, you know, I need to get your story of what happened. And the guy said, it was the craziest thing. I get out of my car, I go and check him. He has no pulse, he's super cold. I had no cell service. I had to drive a half hour to go get cell service. I called 911 and uh, then I went, drove back there to go check on the guy. He was even more cold and like more dead. <laughs> he goes, and then I saw the dead dead. I see the moose on the side of the road. He was like, this was just so bizarre. Nothing like this has ever happened in my life. And then I'm just like sitting there next to this guy's dead body and like trying to find a pulse, trying to do CPR or whatever I could do. And the guy just sits up straight. And he goes, I was so freaked out. I didn't know what to do. He goes, the guy jumps up and starts screaming. I gotta go, I gotta go. This was the dead truck driver. <laughs> And so the driver of the car, he's like, no, you can't leave. You can't leave. Oh, my gosh. What just happened to you? What's going on right now? I don't understand anything that's happening right now. And mind you, this was while my friend was driving back and forth, praying in tongues, speaking life over this situation. And uh, 
So the driver of the car was trying so hard to keep this truck driver there. But the truck driver, he's like six foot four, 350 pounds. He's like, no, I got to get out of here right now. Jumps in his truck, takes off. The moose wakes up on the side of the road, <laughs> comes to, kind of shakes it off a little bit. And her baby is there. And so then they go trotting away. And this car driver's like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> this is the most bizarre thing of my whole life. What's going on? And so he goes back home. That was the only thing he knew what to do. He went back home. And that was when our friend called him. And our friend, over the course of three weeks, called the guy again and again to get the story from him again and again to make sure he wasn't lying because it was so bizarre. And the guy told the same story exactly to the T without wavering at all. Knew it was 100% true. And so that was when he was able to put the timeline together while he was praying in tongues and praying life over this situation was when this guy's dead body just sat straight up and he just jumped up, jumped in his truck and left. Uh, <laughs> amen. And so I was like, wow, you're just out here like raising people from the dead, raising moose from the dead. <laughs> yeah, so we can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, that is, um, I'm hearing testimonies of people raising people from the dead. I'm saying, yeah, it's going to happen. You got to believe it. It, it, it. it comes down to this. Do we really believe what Jesus said? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes on me, the works that I do, I believe it. Jesus said it. Again, settles it. I choose to believe it. And I say it all the time with these hands. I shall lay these hands on the blind eyes and they shall see. I shall lay these hands on the deaf ears and they shall hear. I shall lay these hands on the lame and they shall rise and walk. I shall lay these hands on the dead and they shall rise up alive. I don't speak that and then I say all in the name of Jesus. Because it isn't in and of Daniel. It's in and of Jesus. Amen. The authority he's given us, I just expect to do what he told me I could do. And that's the way all of us, if you're a believer, you should be expecting to do these kinds of things. And then, when you're being led by the Spirit, you'll be in the right place at the right time. Be able to go up to a truck driver, lay down on the street. Dead, cold, colder, dead, 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 and raises up alive. Hallelujah, glory to God. Well, I hope you got something today. Please come back again next week. We will continue along these lines, the Lord willing. I just believe God for awesome, awesome things this upcoming week for all of you. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Stay, stay, stay filled with the Spirit this week. Keep your heart sensitive to the Lord. Be confessing out of your mouth. I know the voice of the Good Shepherd. Stranger's voice I will not follow. Jesus calls me by name, and I follow him. Amen? So, Father, we thank you again for everyone that's here and all those that are watching via live stream. Our prayer, Lord God, is that everyone catches your heart in these matters. That we, the children of the Most High God, children of El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, will have it settled in our hearts that that is your will for us, to live in the land of more than enough. And why? So we can be a greater blessing. A greater blessing to family and friends, a greater blessing to strangers, a greater blessing to to churches and ministries throughout the world. 
We praise you. Give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Please come out if you're able to. It will be worth it. And then um, Thursday, Brother John is going to be ministering to the ladies. He told me he's got a really nice dress picked out.